Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at WWL.com and the Radio.com app? Logan's behind the glass. Our studio producer, Seth Dunlap. Welcome into the show. And I just, I, look, I just tweeted out, and I mean this, I am going to bring the fire this first half hour. I'm, I'm pretty pumped up for this first half hour of the show because I'm about to read a few people to filth, uh, non-named people to filth, more, more like I'm going to read the internet to filth with their flip-flopping and back and forth and trying to have it both ways on everything, specifically the Saints, Jadevian Clowney, and a little Marcus Davenport. Yes, these Jadevian Clowney trade rumors continue to fly. Pretty much every NFL market has been involved in these some way, and the Saints are no exception to that. Lots of people wondering, will the Saints make a move for the Texans defensive end who had nine sacks last year, nine and a half the year before that? We'll see. We'll get to that in just a second. Also on the show tonight, Doug Mouton of WWL-TV Channel 4. He's at 8.32. We'll talk Saints and out in L.A., and he's actually in L.A. watching those practices. We go inside NFL training camp to Pittsburgh. It'll be an interesting year for Pittsburgh and head coach Mike Tomlin. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's on the show. We talk a little LSU camp with Wilson Alexander of The Advocate, NOLA.com, and then Carter Bryant, host of The Carter Bryant Show, Carter the Power. 10 o'clock hour here on the last lap phone number is 504-260-1870 remember that because i know a lot of you probably going to want to call after we start talking about this clowny mess that i'll get to 504-260-1870 and our text line is 870-870 our blue runner gumbo opinion poll today will leave up the whole show which team will win more games this year lsu or the saints lsu nine and a half wins in vegas they're over under 10 and a half is the Saints number in Vegas. So pretty close there, even though, of course, the NFL, you play four more regular season games. But I want to start talking about this Jadevian Clowney trade rumors. And, it, and I want to say, like I said yesterday, I am with Bobby Bear and Christian and everybody who's saying, oh, this would be a good thing. The trade would be a good thing for the Saints. I do, if they could make it work, I mean, you'd be blind not to see he would be an upgrade on that defensive line. Just flat out wouldn't be. But this Jadevian Clowney trade hype machine is kind of at runaway speed right now, here and across the rest of the, the, the country. If social media is any indication, fans, you've been flipping out about this too, the possibility of Clowney in a Saints uniform. Just the facts of what Clowney is right now to the Texans, he's on a franchise tag, costing them about $16 million this season. And other teams are not able to sign Clowney to a long-term deal until after the year. That's the franchise tag rules in the CBA. Now, I agree. Again, Clowney would be an update and an upgrade to the pass rush. No doubt about it. You have to be blind not to see that. But I'm here to throw some cold water, everybody thinking this is going to happen or it's a real possibility. Frankly, it's not a likely possibility. It's not a high probability this is going to happen. And there's three big reasons why. And I laid these out on in my column right now at WWL.com. It posted about an hour ago. 
Three reasons why the Saints are unlikely to trade for Jadeveon Clowney. You can find it there, social media, on Twitter, at Seth Dunlap, and also on the Radio.com app. First here, Clowney, that $16 million price tag, yeah, that's pretty prohibitive, and so is his franchise tag. I understand Mickey Loomis is this master cap manipulator, and he always finds a way to sign the players that he wants and, and Sean Payton wants and, and find a way to get them under that salary cap and get them here. But Clowney's $16 million cap hit for 2019 would put the Saints about $9.5 million over the cap. Now, that's a manageable number in March. When you're in free agency before the draft, that is a lot more prohibitive when you're just a few weeks away from the regular season. And like I said, Clowney's on the franchise tag. And that means other teams are not eligible to sign him to a long-term contract until this offseason. So the, the question must be asked here, if he's not reporting to camp in Houston because he wants a long-term deal, do you think he'd report in New Orleans just because the Saints are promising him a deal this offseason? Maybe. I don't know the answer to that, but the question needs to be asked. Plus, are the Saints, are they really going to feel comfortable renting a nine-sack player that they'd have to bid against the rest of the NFL next spring to keep? I mean, maybe. Like I said, this is one of the rare instances where a rent-a-player I'm okay with. I usually am a guy who likes to take a full look at the future, not just mortgage everything to give you a couple better percentage points to win a championship. So they could unload some salary in return for Clowney. But remember, it's got to take two teams to tango here. Just because the Saints may be willing to give up Andres Pete, who neatly fits into this deal because he's making $9.6 million, $9.5 million over, right? Fits in very nicely. But would the Texans take Andres Pete? And that brings me to point two. A clowny for Pete trade straight up almost assuredly is not going to happen, folks. It's just not. That, that, that Saints-centric, Homer-centric take here, thinking that the Houston Texans are going to trade a possible double-digit sack guy for a, an offensive guard that might not even start for you. Pete's not anywhere near the caliber of player that Clowney is. Pro Football Focus graded Pete out at a 39.2 last season. That was among the worst starting guards in the NFL. We can get to all the excuses that Pete had. There were injuries around him. He was banged up a little bit. He was forced to play left tackle again in Toronto Armstead's absence. I mean, that's been a yearly thing for Pete. I get all of that. But still, at guard, he graded out as a 39.2. That's bad. That's not good. That's a scale of 0 to 100. 50 is average. Now, the Texans, you think that they're going to be able to and willing to trade away, again, a possible double-digit sack guy, for a guard who would be a downgrade, possibly, to the guys currently on their roster? The Texans' offensive line isn't great. The two guards that they have are probably better than Andres Pete. I mean, that's just a fact. At left guard, they've got Sinio Calamete. Calamete, by PFF, was graded out as a 55.6. Their right guard projected starter, Zach Fulton, 52.6 was his grade. Those aren't stellar. But they're markedly better than Pete's. And I, I look, notwithstanding the Texans trying to prevent a riot by their fan base, should they pr- trade a Pro Bowl caliber pass rusher for a backup offensive lineman? The Texans are almost assuredly going to receive better offers than that. 
Saints are going to have to sweeten the pot. So I've seen this today all over the place. Well, the Saints should just trade Andres Pete for Jevy and Clowney. Okay, that may work on Madden. That doesn't work in real life. And the third point here, and we're going to talk about this more next segment, more in depth. I'm really fired up about this point. Do the Saints really want to limit Marcus Davenport's snaps again this season? They paid a premium price to draft him last season in 2018. At some point, the Saints are going to need to find out if he's worth that investment. He looked like it first half of last year, four and a half sacks, lots of pressure, was better against the run than we thought he was going to be, consistently in the backfield. But then he got that foot injury. He was a non-factor, non-effective when he returned later in the season. Alex Okafor was last year's starter ahead of Davenport. He's no longer on this roster. So the team's expecting big things from Davenport in year two. Would the Saints really want to limit Davenport's snaps again? I mean, think about that. Do they really want to limit his snaps again, possibly slow down his development again? In the NFL today, it's pretty rare when any first-round pick isn't a year-one starter for their team. I got to tell you, it's even more rare when that player isn't starting by year two. If the Saints do pull the trigger on the Clowney trade, I got to tell you, you can consider that a pretty big indictment on the development of Marcus Davenport and what they're seeing from him in training camp in the preseason. It just will be. And that's an if. That's if they pull the trigger, if they make this trade. If Clowney's your starter opposite of Cam Jordan. Big ifs. And I want to be clear here. I don't necessarily think the Saints won't trade for Jebbian Clowney. I think they might. They might find a way to get this done. There's just a lot of hurdles for them to get here. I don't think it's likely. But if they don't think Marcus Davenport is ready for a big role in this defense by year two, by year two, second year in the league, then why in the world did you give up two firsts and a fifth round pick to go select him? Give up, whatever. You can say that's what they used to go get him. There's been no indication by Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, Mickey Loomis, any of the coaching staff or front office that they've been disappointed by Davenport at all last year or this year or his progress this offseason. So I think it comes as a surprise if they send this loud and clear message that he wasn't ready for a prominent role in this defense in year two. I'll tell you, though, a clowny Cam Jordan-Davenport trio doesn't sound very bad. I'm just throwing some cold water on this saying it's not likely, it's very unlikely, and this this nonsense that Clowney's going to be traded for Andres Pete straight up, that's a Saints fan's pipe dream that ain't happening. Bobby had some good stuff on Clowney. And I'm, I'm with them here. Yeah, you make this trade. I'm okay with the rent-a-player like Jadevian Clowney help you win a championship. So is Bobby. Yeah, that's what they would be at. About 20-plus sacks combined, Clowney and Cam Jordan. I mean, what's what they had last year? It was 21 sacks last year between those two. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Give us a call, 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. When we come back, I got to talk more about Marcus Davenport. And, and if everybody now is jumping ship and saying Marcus Davenport isn't ready for year two, isn't ready to be a premier player on this defense in year two, then y'all need to shut up about this this stuff you've been yelling about on social media, on the radio, on TV the last two years, that he's a surefire superstar. You can't have it both ways. We'll talk more about that coming back. Welcome back to the show. My piece on why I think it's it's unlikely the Saints are going to trade for Jadavion Clowney. I'd like to see it happen. He'd obviously be an upgrade for the pass rush. Why wouldn't you want this? If they can find a way to do this, 
16 million dollars is what his cap number is so that's pretty prohibitive they have about six million dollars in cap space right now but mickey loomis is the guy that often can make it happen we'll see let's get to a couple of texts here is one from the 504 at 870 870 i don't want him don't need him we good i'm rocking with davenport talking about marcus davenport Here's a text from the 702. We need to give Davenport a chance to develop. Fans need to keep in mind that Sheldon Rankins came into his own last season. Just saying. He did. Sheldon Rankins, eight sacks last year before he was injured with that Achilles tear late in the season. Probably would have been a double-digit sack guy. But back to Marcus Davenport. And the thing that has me so fired up today, well, the last couple of days since the Jeffrey and Clowney news has come out, is the double speak that I'm seeing from so many people on Twitter, Social media, life fans, some in the media who have screamed, waved, tantrumed the past 16 months that Marcus Davenport was a superstar in waiting. And anytime anybody, and it certainly wasn't just me, that said, well, we got to wait and see what he does on the field. Anybody that said stuff like that, they were attacked as, well, you don't know football. This guy's going to be a star. You don't know what you're talking about. Get off my lawn. The Saints were well uh, going to be proven right to give up the two first-round picks and the fifth-round pick to go get him, and they might be. I've always been a guy that says, let's wait and see what happens. The same way I was always a guy with Coach O at LSU, even though I was like, well, he would have been my first choice, but I was here on the radio the day after he was hired saying, okay, people, because my show, we had eight lines lit up that night, and I was saying, okay, folks, you got to give this guy a chance. Maybe he wasn't my first hire. Let's see how it goes. Well, it looks like I've been kind of vindicated over there with Coach O and saying give him a chance because he's rolling right now at LSU. Doesn't mean I'm anti-Marcus Davenport. Doesn't mean I want to see him fail. But I'm waiting to see what he does in an NFL uniform, not at Texas San Antonio. But every time I suggest that, and we have the tape. I've saved the tape. I've been talked down to, yelled at, called names, saying I don't know what I'm talking about. And I realize there is little accountability for words anymore. But I'm not sure how Marcus Davenport will be a superstar that line has turned into well Marcus Davenport isn't ready for prime time in year two but no big deal we'll limit his snaps again maybe in year three I mean it's it's ridiculous it's foolish and the reason that I get so passionate about this stuff is because the smart sports fans like you listening you deserve better you deserve better I don't do radio shows for hypes or clicks or hot takes that get spread on social media just because I want more eyeballs, good or bad, and more ears, good or bad, listening to the show. I try to bring a little objectivity to this and to sports coverage here. And so do a lot of people. I'm not the only one and that far from it. But it's, it's absolutely foolish and ridiculous that you have just a slew of people fans, media, otherwise, who are now playing the other side of the Davenport coin. That now they're like, yo, Jeffy, Jeffy and Clowney would be great. Marcus Davenport should come off, you know, he should come off the sidelines. Maybe he'll just be in pass rush situations, third down situations this year. That guy was the 14th overall pick in the NFL draft. You used two first-round picks and a fifth-round pick on him. 
And supposedly we weren't able to criticize that move when the Saints made it. Well, if that guy that you spent all those assets on is not ready in year two to have a big-time role on a Super Bowl contending team, then something is wrong. Something went wrong somewhere. And I don't know that the Saints necessarily feel that way. I don't think the, the Genevieve and Clowney's trade is going to happen because I have a feeling that Sean Payton and Dennis Allen and Ryan Nielsen and Mickey Loomis have faith in Marcus Davenport. But now everybody's trying to jump off the Davenport ship midstream, and it's like, I guess, before the social media age when you said something or you, you wrote something that you didn't like and turned out to be not true, you ripped up the paper, you deleted that, that message on your answering machine, there was no audio tapes or videotapes of TV shows or radio shows if you said something dumb. But now that stuff's replayed. We can find it. Be better. Your call is coming back, plus Doug Mouton of WWL-TV Channel 4. Just, I am so tired of everybody playing both sides of every issue. It's nonsense. Like, take a stand. Have an opinion. Don't flip-flop. Doug Mouton in a couple of minutes. First, let's go to the phone lines. First caller tonight, Jason and Destrahan. What's up, Jason? Hey, how's it going tonight, Seth? Hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm a little fired up, Jason. What's up? That's what I'm hearing on the radio, man. I'm like, man, he's bringing the heat tonight. Good Lord. Over yeah. Marcus Davenport. I, I told um, you I would like, be. <laughs> I, was, I was excited when they drafted him because it was clear, and they made it clear that he was a raw prospect who had a tremendous upside. So I was excited about the pick. What I will say is he hasn't progressed as well as I thought he would, but I would have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is in part because of Sheldon Rankin's, I guess, in my perspective, and maybe my memory is failing me, he's developing kind of an injury issue, isn't he? He seems to be hurt an awful lot. But how does this have just those little Wait, I'm confused. What I'm saying is Sheldon Rankin's, how does he relate? Yeah. No, I understand. What I'm saying is is that it's faster for a prospect like Davenport to to um to progress quicker when the starting defensive line who Rankins is supposedly a beast. We know what Cam Jordan is. If all of those guys are healthy and playing on the field at the same time, I think you would eventually see the best of Marcus Davenport. But if the middle of that line is dented for injury reasons or, you know, just taking a break, if not, if the defensive line isn't at full tilt, I don't see how Marcus Davenport can progress as quickly as the Saints would like because then all you have to worry about is Cam Jordan and then you got the other side. Yeah. So there's nobody in the middle to really take the pressure off of Davenport's progress. Yeah, and, and that's I, why I'm saying I wonder if Rankin's injuries have inhibited Davenport's progress overall. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting point, Jason. And I think, look, not having Sheldon Rankins in the middle of that line is going to inhibit everybody's performance this season because he was that good last year for New Orleans. Remember, eight sacks before that injury probably would have been a double-digit sack guy. Yeah, he was big. He was huge. We'll see what happens when he comes back, probably week eight this season. And I don't know really the answer to that. Look, more pass rush is always good. That's why I'm not an anti-Jadevian Clowney trade. I just don't think it's going to happen because there are so many prohibitive aspects of this. I'd like to see it happen, but also the flip-flopping 
<laughs> flip-flopping for some people had just been a little outrageous to me. But those are good points, Jason. Thanks for the call tonight. Let's bring on in Doug Mouton, WWL-TV Channel 4 Sports Director at DMouton WWL. And he's out in Los Angeles. He watched the Saints and Chargers practice today. Doug, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing, Seth? Look, I'm great. I would imagine you're a little better in that California weather over there today, huh? Oh, my God. It is. <laughs> I mean, look, we've been out at Saints practice. For everybody who lives in New Orleans, um, uh, summers can be brutal. And uh, we got here yesterday evening, and it's, you know, 67 degrees and gorgeous in the evening. It got a little warm today at practice, but, I mean, literally nothing within – 25 degrees from a heat index standpoint of what the Saints see every day uh, in Metairie. And look, there, there is debate, Seth, about, and, and some guys will tell you the way you get tough for the end of the season is, is to practice in the Louisiana heat. And if you went by the records of the teams in the years when they practiced in New Orleans, it seems to back that up. The West Virginia years were not good years when they practiced in beautiful weather. So there's something to be said for it. But at this point in this training camp, this four days in California is a, a nice climate break for this team. Yeah, second year in a row that they've been out there practicing. Well, yeah, it's actually third year in a row they've been out there. Third year in a row, yeah. Yeah, yeah practicing uh, with the Los Angeles teams. And, Doug, today we were talking about the pass rush to open the show and Devin Clowney and Marcus Davenport. It actually wasn't – Davenport who stood out, I understood. Is it, did Trey Hendrickson had another nice day? Is that right? Yeah, and and, Eloy, and Cam Jordan's Cam Jordan. I um. It's definitely not the strength of the team, for sure. And when you look at position groups, the Saints have crazy depth at many spots. But, yes, defensive line is the area. And, look, I've said it 15 times now. They need Marcus Davenport to be that guy. That's He is one of the linchpins looking forward to this season. If he's the guy they think he is, this defense could be really, really good because that would be sort of the last piece they would need. They're going to get – I think David Onyemata keeps getting better. They're gonna, they should get Sheldon Rankins back at some point during the course of the year. But certainly you feel like by November and December, Rankins is going to be playing and hopefully playing well by then. Um, I, I don't think it may be as big a weakness as people might think, but obviously we're not going to know that until we're a couple of games in. It's interesting you mentioned David Onyemata. I understand he got into a shuffle. Maybe he was shouting some words back and forth with Philip Rivers today out there. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, you know, it's it's one of those training camp scuffles that at this point, when something like that happens, you know, you're going to see tweets. The tweets greatly over-exaggerate <laughs> the level of animosity on the field. Yeah, look, Philip Rivers is not the kind of guy who backs down. It, uh, yeah, and Philip Rivers was definitely in there jawing, and he wasn't giving anybody the last word. Um, but you don't also don't know what they're saying, so you don't know quite how contentious it is. But it got broken up immediately, and not much came of it. Um, but it, you know what? It's the kind of thing where it wakes up the whole sideline when it happens. Yeah, what, what was the general mood? It sounded like, other than that, it was pretty good out there between these two teams. Remember, they're both Super Bowl contenders, so these are two teams that could probably benefit from practicing against each other. Yeah, and look, as stupid as it sounds, it's like two teams that sort of get along with each other. Like, they're, they're good – uh, practice partners. I mean, the work is efficient. It moves fast. And today, I mean, really, it went back and forth. That's sort of my theme for my 10 o'clock story was that it was just back and forth. For every big play the Saints made, the Chargers made one too. And for every interception the, the Saints made, the Chargers made one. And then it was also 
you know, Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara didn't do any of the team drills. So we also got to see some unusual suspects. Sidney Cobbs had a big day, who's a guy, you know, you got a bunch of wide receivers competing for that third, fourth, fifth man job. Like, like you know, guys you didn't expect to see have big days. Some of them jumped up and had big days. Yeah, that so, was. Uh, so, yeah, but I thought overall a pretty even day. We're talking to Doug Mouton, WWL-TV Channel 4 Sports Director. He's in Los Angeles. Watch the Saints and Chargers practice today. Any indication of how that wide receiver battle is being handicapped right now as we're a couple of weeks well, away from Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, Ted Ginn is, looks solid opposite of Mike Thomas. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the, it's the fifth spot. When the Saints go, when the Saints go to, to their five-receiver package, which are third downs, to me, the way I would rank them is Mike Thomas is your one, Alvin Kamara is your two, even though he's coming out the backfield. Jared Cook becomes your three now. Ted Ginn becomes your super-fast four. So you're looking for a five. It's the slot receiver. I would say right now, look, I think Traquan Smith had a really nice camp and has done a lot of things well. Now, his problem has never been his ability to catch or run or block. It's, it's been to know what he's supposed to be doing. And he has admitted that. But he also said he feels a lot more uh, secure about his responsibilities each play. Um, I, think, I think Keith Kirkwood is certainly not a bad option. He's been hurt, too. Um, so I, I think they have a – and look, the beauty of it is this year it's your fifth option. Whereas last year, once you lost Ted Ginn and then without Jared Cook, that guy had to be your third option. Now it's your fifth option, and I think those guys will all be fine in that role, regardless of who it is. If I had to handicap it right now, I think I'd put Traquan Smith slightly ahead. Um, a week ago, I might have said it was, was Keith Kirkwood, but I, I think I think it'll be mostly Traquan Smith in that spot if I had to guess now. Is Kirkwood safely on this roster? I think he is because, it was, although, look, you get hurt, and there's a lot of guys, but, he, you know, he, he's big. He, he provides the type of target they like. He's super intelligent. He's a guy who will understand all the offense. He's a guy that could definitely plug and play. But, no, I, I would not say he's safe. No, not, not by any stretch, just because there are a lot of wide receivers. But, but I, I like him as a player. He's, he's sort of one of my guys that I – I think he makes it, but if he didn't, it, I wouldn't consider that a major surprise. We opened up touching on the pass rush. What do you make of these Jadevian Clowney trade rumors, and uh, what's the scuttlebutt there in L.A.? I have not heard much from here other than, you know, the scuttlebutt that you see. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if it seems likely or not, although I still go back to the question you asked Mickey Loomis in that opening press conference, and he said – you know, when you're in right when you're in right now mode, you do some things different from a salary cap standpoint than you might do if you weren't. And I, I still go back to that. And if and if they're going all in, maybe they really do go all in. Although I I don't know if they. I, I guess that's what I'm getting at, Seth. I don't know what Sean Payton sees as a weakness. I don't know if he sees that as a problem area or if he thinks Davenport's going to be a player and they want to make sure they get enough snaps for him. So I, that's, I guess, where the gray is for me, is what Sean Payton's perception of his pass rush is. Uh, finally, Doug, who won this quarterback challenge today out there? I know it was 1-1 the last couple of years. Who's won it this year? Oh, no, actually, Drew Brees said that they got they got skunked today. Oh. That the, yeah, the, the Chargers won big today. That uh, so So the Chargers are up. But the, but the Chargers apparently picked the challenge 
and the Saints pick the challenge tomorrow. Mm. So Drew Brees seemed confident that when they pick the challenge, they're going to be better off. Yeah, that's like a home field event. That doesn't count. Like They've probably been practicing this for, you know, for weeks <laughs> over there. <laughs> and it's fun watching Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. These two guys who clearly have enormous respect for each other. Look, Phillip Rivers has put some serious skins on the wall. Um, don't get me wrong, I would infinitely much rather have Drew Brees if I had to pick one, either for a one-year scenario or obviously for the career. But Philip Rivers has had a great career with the Chargers. He did. Just missing that Super Bowl appearance. Hey, who knows, Doug? Maybe it's uh, Rivers v. Brees come February. And, and I don't think it would shock a ton of people. I mean, these, these look like two quality veteran teams. Yes, I can't wait if that's actually happening. Yeah, a lot of people around here would be excited. He's Doug Mouton, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4 at WWL. They're bringing you Saints coverage at 10 o'clock tonight on the news. Doug, thanks so much for taking some time out of that schedule to join us tonight. Seth, anytime. All right, there he goes. Again, at WWL on Twitter. Give him a follow there. We're opening up the phone lines for you next, and we'll get to some of the texts. Here's one of the texts from... The 504. Hey, Seth, I'm with you. Let me ask you, what kind of injuries has Clowney had since he's been in the NFL? Well, a few. We'll run down some of those. And your phone calls at 504-260-1870. Wide open phone lines and our text number is 870-870. The last lap continues on WWL. I like this text. I don't listen to a lot of sports radio because there are too many idiots. And a lot of a certain other station. But you all right, Seth. Who dat? Oh, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Uh, text with the 504. Why all the clowny talk? Uh, because Jademi and Clowney squarely on the trade block. And look, the Saints maybe could use an upgrade to their pass rush like, well, pretty much every team in the National Football League. Back to the phone lines we go. Brian in Mid-City. What's up, dude? Hey, Seth. How's it going? Look, I'm doing great. How are you, man? Good, good, good. I'm, I'm glad you're better after that surgery. I, I, when I heard about that, I got kind of nervous. But anyway... Um, I get really annoyed when, you know, great, you know, great players get up on the trade block and mm-hmm. Saints fans give it the sensationalism and then, uh, you know, go to the ball and get the, all these get tight dreams. <laughs> uh, I mean, in, in this, in this situation, you know, we have a, you have a first round draft pick who's in his second year. Uh, there's too much invested in him. Uh, he's, he's certainly not a bust. Okay. Certainly not a bust. Uh, he, I mean, he needs to be given. He needs to be given a push, given a vote of confidence, and you know, put him in there and tell him to make it happen. There, there's just too much invested in him, and it's a second year. Uh, he's he's got he's got to get out there and do it. Yeah, I'm with you. And right, we want to see that. We want. I want to see him have more snaps, right, more opportunities. And it's like the best case scenario if Clowney would be in there is maybe he maybe he'd learn from Clowney. But I think it would have a negative impact personally uh, on Davenport in, in his development. I, I, I'm with you, Brian. And in fact, I kind of wrote just that. I want as many snaps for Marcus Davenport as you can get this year. You need to see what he can do, of course, against the pass, but also against the run, every down situations. Brian, I think those are good points. And look, do you harm his development a little bit to give yourself a better chance to win a Super Bowl? Those are questions they have to answer. The answer would probably be yes, if you think that. Jadavion Clown is going to give you a big boost on that defensive line. He probably would. But I just don't know if the Saints have the assets or the cap space or the players really to trade for him. I don't know. Sean Payton, I should say Mickey Loomis, has done some strange things previously in bringing in players here. Appreciate the call, Brian. And thank you for the uh, 
the well wishes. Yes, I'm, I'm feeling better. Not great, but I'm feeling better than I was last week. So I'll take it at one day at a time here. Appreciate it. Uh, earlier today at Saints camp, Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister, who will call this game on Sunday on the Saints radio network, they're out there with Steve Geller. They're going to interview some players for us as this week progressive. One guy they got today, Saints third-year safety, Marcus Williams. Here's their conversation. That was Zach Street from Deuce McAllister with Marcus Williams earlier today out at Saints camp. And all of our Saints Sound and interviews is brought to you by the Sound Banking of First American Bank, a banking tradition since 1910. Today's player of the day is going to be Trey Hendrickson. Another good day for the Saints defensive lineman. Who's going places? Trey Hendrickson. Brought to you by Toyota dealers. Let's go places. One more break. We're back. We'll update you on the slew of NFL games going on tonight. Week two of the NFL preseason. We'll let you know what's going on. And yes, the Falcons... Well, they were losing again, not anymore. Let you know what Matt Ryan's doing. When we come back on the last lap. A couple updates on preseason games in progress right now. The Atlanta Falcons leading the Jets 10-9. Matt Ryan, 10-14, 118 yards before he was removed earlier in the game. We see the Philadelphia Eagles, a 17-10 lead on the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the Mississippi mustache himself, 19-29, 202 yards. Nice job. Go Cougs there Bengals and Washington tied at 13 Ryan Findlay the leading passer in that game 20 to 26 150 Packers and Ravens uh, Ravens a 10 point lead 23 to 20 in fact they just scored again Justice Hill for Baltimore 10 carries 49 yards and a touchdown and uh, the Raiders lead the Cardinals 26 to 10 at halftime Mike Glennon blast from the past there 11 to 14 175 two touchdowns for the backup in Oakland Going live on Facebook right now, we'll talk three reasons why a Jadevian Clowney trade not likely for the Saints in two more hours of the show on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.